Hello, welcome to another Azure-centric podcast on our weekly update show. My name is Marcos Nogueira and with me I have my partner in crime, uh, Andrew Lowe's. How are you, Andrew? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me again this week, Marcos. Yes. Uh, so it's been a little bit quieter in the Azure world this is, week. It is. Uh, certainly than the last few weeks. Um, but uh, there's some really good things uh, coming up, I think, right? So uh, what, what, was, uh, what were some of the things that you were really kind of looking forward to as we were chatting? There is a few updates regarding Azure VMs on, on different ways. Uh, there is one cool, very cool update regarding Azure, uh, in not Azure, but Azure, but Express Route, in this case, that is in preview. Um, we don't have a very, I have to say, and probably is good news for our, for you that you are listening, uh, that we don't, we don't have a very long list of updates. So, which is good, because we can uh, dive more into those each updates allow us to do it to be conservative of your time um and, and and that is basically what we have for this week right uh we don't have much more we are relying on on the azure team to just be able to to give us something to talk about it this week right I think you might have to pay a royalty on that song. But, uh, yep. <laughs> yes, but I want to start with two, uh, before we starting um, with the updates. I want to touch two topics. One of them is uh, we introduced this new format that we kind of create uh, a kind of resume what we're going to talk about it, um, and that was was one of our uh, listeners. Um, and thank you in this case, um, to just give it that feedback so we can improve it. And we saw this week a lot of response from you guys. So it was amazing. It amazing. was amazing. Such, so much feedback. It was really so cool. much feedback, so much everything. So first of all, I think I speak with both of us. Thank you. Um, if you are new to the subs to the channel, uh, or to the podcast, to the show, don't forget to subscribe um, and and don't forget to just supporting us. Please, continuing sharing our love has been amazing. I've been blow my mind with all the support that you guys having uh, with us, uh, and that is and that is really cool. Uh, I have to say, um, and uh, and that is the first part. Um, the second part is. Uh, as you probably know, uh, I am an MVP, right? Uh, a Microsoft MVP. And last week, uh, we didn't mention on our podcast, but it was a tremendous outage in Azure. Okay. Yes. Especially sir. there was a, a little bit of what we call a hiccup, a hiccup. Uh, in services. It yeah. was a little <laughs> bit more than a hiccup. But what I have to say about this is everything is public. We are not here condemning anyone. What I'm here, oh, no, not at all. what I'm here to do, and, and and Andrew doesn't know this, it's going to be a surprise for him. Is I'm here to pledge a kind of thank you, uh, and to see that the evolution of Microsoft regarding this, they have these huge, uh, 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 a huge outage that starts on Azure AD, 
and affects basically a lot of services. Teams mm -hmm. and and a lot of other services, the Azure portal, a lot of other services that were uh, affected by this outage. Anything that relies on uh, Azure AD authentication and as soon as those tokens were expiring, uh, whatever service was needed to be accessed yeah. was not available because you couldn't re-authenticate that token. Yes, um, but the good thing that I like about this that I want to say is this week, uh, uh, after everything was settled uh, and uh, and back to normal, and Microsoft uh, knows what it is and it was already um, working on some real ability of the service for the future, they had a very open Microsoft uh, or MVP conversation when they expose with way more detail that I cannot disclose it over here. But they expose with way more detail and asking us MVPs. And because we are MVPs, we are also customers and we have our customers as well to just uh, apologize. They starting the call with apologizing, which is good because they, they acknowledge that fact and they kind of uh, use that as a learning curve for them to making even better the service. So there is going to be in the next, I don't know what is the time frame, um, or I, I know what's the time frame, but I cannot disclose that. But let me say that in the very near future, there will be a massive Azure, update, Azure AD updates because of this outage. And, and then I just want to pledge the, the, the publicly the huge thank you for Microsoft because it's not very common for even other players uh, or other organizations to just say, uh, to just assume the mea culpa, right? And to just be so openness or open yeah. about those facts and say, yes, we made a mistake. There was a bug on the system that we thought that was good. And we already address it, and I think it's it's it shows maturity and shows the new mindset that Microsoft have it regarding all of those things, and makes me even work with there anymore. I just want to disclose that before we starting our podcast with updates because it's Azure related, and it just shows the the greatness of one of the biggest companies in the world and that everyone is it, using, right? Absolutely, yeah. So it's it's interesting. Um, and I didn't know you were going to talk about that, but I actually have a client story um, about this because uh, everybody was impacted. If you use Microsoft, uh, pretty much anything Microsoft Cloud, you're impacted by that outage, or were impacted, I should say. So uh, I, we had a client meeting, uh, me and uh, one of my teams, and uh, they were uh, not a large client, but it's a very critical infrastructure that they run here in Alberta. And they were very deeply concerned about that outage, and they'd done their research. So they knew the number of outages for the last three years with Azure AD. They knew it was a single point of failure. And uh, I loved what you were saying, Marcos, because I was able to go to the Azure service page 
And as you know, I, I live and breathe on these uh, status service pages a lot of times when it comes to <laughs> those tough client questions. Yes. And I'm going to say why. Because um, many years ago, uh, a, a smart fella showed me those service pages and said, you know what? Microsoft is going to tell you everything that they possibly can uh, publicly released right here. So for me, just a regular uh, Microsoft uh, guy, I'm just a, a guy that consumes Microsoft services. I love them and I love sharing about them. So I just hang out here and, you know, talk about some stuff, right? But uh, what I was able to relay directly from Microsoft to our client was that, hey, Microsoft acknowledges that it's a single point of failure. They've been working on it and clearly it, what they did didn't work. So they had made in that service page a commitment that they will do better. And uh, I love that they're utilizing the MVP uh, force of experts uh, across the world to really help bridge the gap and mend those fences because that's important. And you talked about the new Microsoft and that's the Microsoft that I've really known, uh, kind of come to know in the last five years or so, yeah. right? Under Satya. Satya and yeah. I think it's been absolutely amazing the difference in the response on the ground. Like when we think about executives, we think of them as somewhat detached from how things are really hands-on with customers. Absolutely. And very often that is the case in a large corporation. But I have to admit, as a regular person with hands-on Microsoft products, I feel well supported by Microsoft. And we have lots of uh, different ways to get that support and get those right answers. And the fact that they're open and honest about things is just what a huge difference that makes for all of us in the community because we're able to talk openly about outages. And like you said, many, many customers uh, remember, you know, 20 years ago or even with other companies uh, today that an outage is just accepted as what it is. It's an outage. What happened uh, behind the scenes is confidential for whatever reason. And you don't get a whole lot of information about it. But Microsoft really does talk about why an outage happened. They give you the breakdown of it. And they tell you what they're working towards to prevent it from happening again. So we know that we need some redundancy uh, with Azure Active Directory. And I think that it's absolutely amazing that that redundancy is on the way. Uh, we've hoped and prayed for it for a long time. So it's really good that it's coming. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's the part that I want. I want to start this podcast uh, or this episode for, the, for today's show um, about talking about that, because I think it's important to show the evolution. And, and I reinforce even this case. I reinforce that. And, and, and the good thing, and one of the questions that I did to the team, and they bring the big guns, I have to say, to speak with us. It's not very usual that we have VPs talking to us and, and apologizing to us, I have to say. But uh, one of the questions is, okay, because last time they had, they had, that they had one of those, and they are addressing all of those single point of failures, it was regarding um, MFA. And one of the things yeah. that they did that uh, I did asking is, yes, uh, with all of those outages, we learn as an architect and as a, as a, um, a professionals and SMEs 
how to build our solutions regarding that and right now it's it's one of the, my recommendations and i highly recommend for everyone to do it with regarding uh building the the azure governance and all of that to create what's called a breaking glass account global admin account without mfa because uh correct they they they, they have they since then they've never been any issues with mfa but you never know uh, and you can and and opens different types that we were not thinking about it right and that's the part that i like about about having these out, uh, outages or having these failures is to bring the best okay that you can have it instead of going there and criticize and all of that i don't see that as a as a add value as a professionals right well, no, see, because uh, I think we should always encourage an environment and uh, really interesting. I was actually uh, talking to a client about this yesterday, that I'm really grateful that we can work in an environment with Microsoft and a lot of our clients and partners that allow us, give us the freedom to make mistakes. Yes. Um, because that's how we grow, it's how we learn. Yeah. And uh, you know what, Microsoft, it's full of regular people too. Um, we do hold them to a very high standard, um, of course. And uh, I, I agree, uh, we have to be careful in how not only we think about it, but how we talk about absolutely, things, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, because we want uh, the people working uh, on this kind of thing with Azure Active Directory to feel like they can learn absolutely, uh, because uh, that's just critical. It's just critical to do that. So yeah, we don't have to uh, be negative about it. Yep, an outage happened. Um, it totally uh, is a problem. Absolutely it is. And Microsoft really does acknowledge that. And that's it's fantastic because now we can work to make absolutely. it better. Absolutely, right? absolutely. So this was one of the biggest introductions. Uh, we, we promise, and we already starting not doing that, we promise to be uh, shorter in this case. But in this case, what, what we're having is, is a big um, introduction. So um, thank you once again for, for being here. Uh, let's roll the, video, the intro video and let's jump into our, pot, our show in this case. So welcome back. Now let's jump into the first update. General availability of enhanced Azure dashboards experience for Pine Log Analytics part. Oh my God, <laughs> what a team, or in this case, what a what a, a, an introduction, right? Uh, starting with Absolutely. with all it's, of this mouthful uh, update. So, but what are we talking about over here? Uh, Andrew. So uh, the dashboards are really cool. Um, so I've been doing a lot of work uh, with some different automations uh, in Azure the last uh, couple of weeks and been using, well, utilizing uh, custom dashboards in Azure. So it's really nice that we can now um, pin the, uh, the dashboard pieces for the log analytics parts. Yes. Um, it's going to be really nice. So I'll, uh, I actually did not realize that that was GA until uh, we were doing the updates uh, here today. 
So I'm going to test that out uh, next week. And uh, we have a development subscription I'm working on, and uh, it's going to be really cool. So some of the things uh, from Log Analytics, um, it's one of those, like, uh, it's an aggregation uh, kind of a thing, right? So it's really nice when we can pin different uh, pieces, like maybe a stored query result, or we need to monitor uh, the number of entries per minute or entries per hour or something like that coming in. So there's going to be different things that we can pin coming out of that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, the the part that I like about this, it's like you mentioned, you can create um, you can create your dashboard on Azure. So if you're going to Azure portal, um, you can you beside or this is below home, you have dashboard this is the second second item, if I'm not mistaken, from the portal. It is. Yeah. And, I'm always surprised how many people don't know that it's exactly. there. Exactly. They didn't know Azure dashboards was a thing. And and usually, so this is this is an, another thing is you can create an entry point instead of the normal one to go directly to the dashboard for you when you log in into Azure, okay? Or to, in this case, log in into Azure portal. I have to say, but this one, mm. what I what I I'm fan of this is. You can create now, you can ping all, pin it, in this case, all of those log analytic parts, okay, into the dashboard and create your own dashboard just to see it, whatever you want to see it regarding your log analytics, okay? So uh, as far as I, I was able to read, you can customize it, uh, you can mm -hmm. do it, everything that you want to do it regarding your log, log analytics part. I have to say that I didn't find or I didn't test it as well. I didn't have time this week to test this, but it's good to know. And what I'm going to do is is try to, if you can, the good thing part of this, if you can have multiple log analytics uh, and be feeding into the same dashboard. But So, yes, you can because you use Custo uh, query language. I was thinking uh, on that. To create your uh, your widget. And now you can use that. Uh, I, I always feel like I have to explain Custo. Um, so it, it's uh, it's like it's a different type of SQL. So if you are familiar with SQL or MySQL, then Custo is going to feel very much at home, right? Um, so I I don't profess to be a Custo uh, expert by any stretch. Um, but I'm definitely familiar with SQL and MySQL from, you know, years gone by. And, uh, I think that it's really important that we keep that kind of thing moving forward. So Custo is kind of the next iteration allows us to quickly write queries and it's very, very efficient, right? So it also allows to bring back, uh, uh large summaries and create visualizations. So you can write a query. Um, and I think uh, one of the one of the common ones is like uh, RAM utilization, CPU utilization, things like that. So you can uh, bring that back and understand uh, different metrics like that. Uh, really cool that we can pin things and then use queries in the background to aggregate our data, for example. Right. But the best part that I like about this is is the possibility of sharing the same dashboard because even That's if right. you don't have those knowledge on 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 custo queries right you can build it and you can share among other ones so you can have that 
uh, and that that's pretty cool just to have an idea how is your environment going uh, right and and I, and I think that that is one of the things that we like about this update yeah absolutely right yeah sharing the dashboard is really yeah. cool because then if I spend uh, half an hour creating a dashboard on metrics that we need to know, I can share it with you in the same company so that you can see those metrics, for example, and not have to spend time creating your Absolutely. own. Absolutely. The next update that we want to talk about is the general availability of publishing VMs image from shared image gallery to Azure Marketplace. We talked about this a few episodes ago, a few months ago, that was in preview, and now here mm -hmm. it is. So the possibility... Yeah. And this is actually super timely oh my because God, yeah. I actually have a client that is wanting to do some automation around uh, sharing uh, custom images with, within the company. So um, this is actually kind of a magical one. I'm really, really happy to see this one this yes. week. So everyone that that um, listened that that show that that episode of the show uh, now is in GA, so now you can use in production, not that time. Okay, <laughs> I just want to reiterate <laughs> that. But yeah, so with this going back to this is now we have this shared image gallery uh, that it, it's it's within and and I think it's it's valuable to just going and explain that to everyone that is listening, especially if you are new at the show, that this image is within your Azure tenant, okay? So you can have multiple, in this case, Azure subscriptions, but is within your tenant. So what is that? So if you share this in your portal then at Marcos Incorporated, if I log in to Andrew Incorporated, and I want to deploy, say, Windows 2019 server to do some testing on. Mm -hmm. Can I use your image being at a different company? A different company means different... Well, let's say different uh, Azure Active Directory tenant. No, you can't. This is the way that, uh -huh. that it's only within your company. Okay? So you don't need to be afraid of having shared image galleries um into the marketplace so this marketplace it's only for you in this case okay so so we would be able to make custom changes uh for example putting agents in that call back uh like uh like scom agents that call back to um operations manager inside our own tenant so we could deploy images with that type of a customization yeah it. you can deploy and yeah you can you can do it it's it's the azure way to have what you call the golden image that you want to deploy so i'm i'm in, I'm in a fair disclosure um i've been creating images uh for like three weeks uh straight in there under the uh preview <laughs> <laughs> so I'm asking questions for the benefit of our audience um, because I know sometimes I actually ask questions because I don't know the answers. And um, I mean, let's be honest, there's lots that we don't Absolutely. know. So how we learn is by asking. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the reason of this show is to talk about this because between us, I think we can cover pretty well, but there are topics that it's not my my 
uh, wheelhouse, let's call it this way, and it could be more to, to, oh, yes. to you in this case and, and vice versa. But in this, this is the way that you can have your gold image to resume this, to have your gold image on Azure and is within your tenant. I think that's the most important part of it. We did cover mm -hmm. really well on the last show. Um, I don't remember what was the episode, to be very honest, but we covered this. Oh, I think it was a few ago. Yeah, yeah. it was a few so the, months ago. Yeah. The one, yeah, the one thing I do want to um, point out about um, image, uh, like shared image gallery, image builder, is it's different from bicep. Um, there's been lots of uh, press about bicep, so this is this is a little different, right? Yeah. Um, there's yeah. some there's some cross there's lots of crossover. Uh, let's be honest, there's lots of crossover, but uh, we're talking about um, image builder and shared image gallery here. And this uh, your image when you publish it to your own uh, tenants marketplace is controlled through our back. Yeah. So you can assign who or what roles and uh, so forth groups have access to that image that you're publishing, which is really great because you can also make it a service principle, uh, which I was doing um, last week, actually doing some testing. So you can make a service principle um, is the only uh, RBAC permission applied to that image. Yeah. And then uh, your automation tools utilize that service principle to then uh, access and deploy that image out uh, in your tenant. Absolutely. So there's, it's like, it's pretty cool, to it be is, honest. Like it sounds so easy, but it's really it, cool. And, and it's not difficult, although there are some limitations on this, okay? You can only do with uh, Windows Server um, in this case and SQL, for example, as well, 2019, 2014, and 2012, the version. Uh, on Windows Server, uh, it's all the supported, and Linux as well. You can create those, and and this is huge, especially for Linux, because you have so yeah. much customization inside of the Linux that can be tremendously to doing that and going there and starting to apply all of those packages, styling all of those packages, configurations, and all of that. So this is tremendous for those organizations that they have Linux in this case as well, right? So it, it's it's exactly. pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. And it's, it is important to, uh, I want to call out the big Linux ones that are supported just real quick. I won't hijack, I promise. That's okay. um, Red Hat Enterprise Linux, SUS Linux Enterprise, and Oracle Linux. Um, those ones uh, are the ones that I see most commonly uh, deployed. Certainly, there's lots of other supported uh, Linux builds uh, within Azure. Um, and anything Linux that Azure supports is supported by Image Builder as well. So it's a, it's a really versatile tool. And uh, it's actually super duper fun to use. And I would encourage everybody to uh, get out and play with Absolutely. it. Um, I mean, if, if I can figure it out, certainly I think everybody else can too. <laughs> Absolutely. The next one is Azure Container Registry, now available in Norway East region. So this is a pretty cool, uh, a pretty cool update, especially for, I think it's, um, kind of recent that Norway region has been updated with a lot of those services, right? 
We have, yeah, we've seen the Scandinavian uh, nations in here quite a bit with different features being uh, added to them. Yeah. I think there's a lot of growth uh, throughout Europe, um, especially as uh, I don't want to focus on this, but it is a driving factor for our industry in IT, um, and especially with cloud in Azure, that uh, as the pandemic kind of ebbs and flows and um, we have these different waves kind of come and go over time, um, there's a lot of demand that builds yes. during those waves Absolutely. as it gets bad, right? Absolutely. So I think um, that's been driving a lot of innovation yeah. and a lot of cloud growth um, throughout Europe that we've seen, yeah. right? And uh, it's actually kind of, I don't know, It's I have mixed feelings about it at a personal level, but at a professional level, let's say that it's actually really cool. Um, and I think that the cloud innovation is really driving, uh, for example, like a lot of uh, vertical markets like Azure Healthcare, yeah. right? And the secure yeah. computing and all those really good things, yeah. right? And in this case, al allow them to just use more containers in this case and use all of the part of containers registry uh, to allow them to build in this case to store and manage all of those images and artifacts uh, that they need to do it for all of those uh, different deployments uh, or container deployments that they have on that one. It, it's pretty cool to, to, to see it every single week that we are adding more and more to the regions and more and more services going to be available. Again, not all of those services are available on all of those regions, and that is a reason why. And that's the best segue for the next update. That is our good friend that we are missing for a couple of episodes, Azure Automation. It's now available on our good friends, the UK uh, in the West region, in this case. So UK West, it's now having Azure Automation available. Pretty cool, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of uh, process and configuration uh, automation. So... Um, having Azure automation in is going to allow a lot of growth at that orchestration level. And we're really going to be able to take advantage of that now in UK West. Uh, we've been seeing this roll out uh, pretty rapidly uh, worldwide. And uh, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm Spoiler alert. This is the only Azure automation region announced this week. Yeah. So I would expect that uh, in the coming weeks, we'll probably see kind of another little, uh, like a burst, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and, and, and having more, and, and probably I don't want to be kind of destroyer of this, but uh, probably is more like the reason that we don't see it for a couple of weeks. It could be related that we add Ignite in between, right? And, and those automation and all of those were more like related to new features than rolling out all of those that has been existing. But it shows that, that they, they don't stop. Azure doesn't stop and, and is moving forward, right? And it, it's pretty cool. Absolutely, it does, yeah. yeah. Moving to one of the principal updates that we see and one of the more exciting ones, in public preview, we have... IPv6 support for express route on the private peering. So, and then you ask, but we did, didn't have uh, IPv6 on express route. 
No, we only add nope. IPv4. IPv4, absolutely. Yeah, so this is a this is a big jump forward, right? Yes. So um, for a lot of years, uh, everybody's been sort of edging towards IPv6 for a lot of the, uh, let's say, worldwide networks, large enterprise networks especially. And uh, it is a real thing that we are running out of IP allocations in IPv4. Yeah. It's been maxed out for a really long time. And let's be honest, without natting, we'd be in big, big trouble already. Yes. So IPv6, uh, it's really important that that uh, continues to evolve, right? Yes. And that support is gained for that on all these different technologies. And Express Route, um, I see that as a foundational layer for Azure, like heavy Azure utilization. Um, there's a lot of appropriate circumstances where Express Route should be used. And uh, I think it's fantastic that the support continues to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of see this happening in line with a lot of the route management features that have been getting announced with BGP yes. um, in Azure. And, and the good thing about this is it can work with all of uh, with with both IPv4 and IPv6, and and it's basically target or not target. It's it's basically to expand the mobile and the IoT markets. Okay, although in preview, so it's not to use in production. Although to just use X Express Route on the private peering. You can still using that on on the production environment because it's Express Route, um, but it's so I, only. I want to ask a question about let that me, because before uh, before ask you the question, I just want to say that this is only available or current available on regions with availability zones. Okay, and that is the important fact over here. And again, this is why is in public preview because it's only in. Um, availability zones that you can have IPv6 in this case. So if your IPv6 circuit, it's it's attached to a region that doesn't have uh, availability zone, you cannot enable this even if it's in preview. Okay, that's right. So back to your question um, now. Exactly right. <laughs> so uh, this one, this one's a little bit tricky. Yes. Um, because, because this is normal for us folks. Uh, I'm constantly thinking out loud. So uh, Marcos just takes it in stride, and I appreciate your patience, Marcos. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so um, with this, we always talk about uh, be careful um, not to enable or utilize um, preview features in production. So I want to ask. Uh, let's. Let's talk about this a little bit openly and say um, who is going to have an express route into their dev test um, and have uh, express route gateway there where they would also have, you know, meet the requirement of having availability zones of, um, in that. So they'd be like U.S. West, um, Canada Central is getting availability zones, I think. It was announced uh, last week or the week before we talked about that. So. Um, I have some focus on uh, Canada and the northern U.S. just because uh, that's where we live and that's where the, the clients that I work with tend to exist. So um, I'm thinking to myself here, can we enable this on a production environment? 
um, because typically Express Road is used for that. And I did just shoot my big mouth off <laughs> about uh, <laughs> how Express Road is a foundational piece of our design Absolutely. in larger scale deployments of cloud, yeah. right? So um, what does that mean? Like, how do how do we navigate those waters? Because it can be a bit tricky in this case, right? It, it does. And and again, we, we always say that we should not having preview in production, but uh, we always say it as well that we, we have to look at it with a grain of salt, okay? And exactly. in this case, because you cannot have, it's one of, it's one of the services that you cannot have like as a dev test, right? Because this is a connection that you have between your office or between your data center to Azure. It's exactly. a connection. There is nothing that you can do. There is nothing that you are enabled. It's not a service um, that you are doing. It's basically a, a VPN, let's call it this way. It's, it's way better than a VPN in a lot of a oh, lot yeah. of cases and it's it's your way to do it although this needs to take a little bit of grain of salt because first of all you need to use ipv6 okay if you are not using ipv6 probably that's not applicable to you okay exactly then it's like the private peering is the way that you have multiple peers inside of of azure you have the, or in this case, inside of uh, uh, Express Route, you have the private peering, we have the public peering, and you, we, we have what's called the Microsoft peering. The Microsoft peering is for service like Office 365, or should we say Microsoft 365, right? So mm -hmm. basically, uh, talking about Express Route is the way that you are, instead of going on the public uh, uh, interface, in this case on the public internet and connecting to those services, you are using that MPLS connection, that way low latency in this case, going enter into the Azure backbone that we talk about here a lot. And now you're leveraging yeah. that, the security and all of that to just going well, maybe, to doing that. Because, because that's a configurable piece. It though, is right? a configurable like you, piece. Like I said, yeah, it's so one of those three peerings. Yeah, it's one of the three peerings. The public peering is for if you want to use the public service of Azure. So storage, for example, if you don't have private links, uh, but uh, uh, storage, uh, web apps, um, uh, other things like Azure Site Recovery and all of that, you can use the peering. So you are, every time that you are using a service that is public facing of Azure, you are still going through the express route. And the private peering, as, as the name says, is for your virtual machines and for everything that you have inside of your VNets. So enable these on your uh, the IPv6 on your express route, even on preview, is you need to have virtual machines, you need to enable IPv6 on your virtual machines to be able to use this. You need to enable a lot of those services to be able to use that. And beside of that, it's not that not it's not like you enable the IPv6 on the on the express route that you're going to break the IPv4. No, the tables is going to be pushed on on the bgp as well and then you have tables of ipv4 tables of ipv6 and now you are just broadcasting those tables 
through your network but you have to use exactly. ipv6 if you are not using yeah. ipv6 then enable this is going to be exactly the same because you don't have nothing to broadcast it, what you won't be utilizing any of the actual services or, or items right so i, I want to just focus um in in your uh, response here just for a second on the tables so i think that that's important because that's going to allow people to kind of visualize how this will yeah. work so if we think of the two pipes coming down one is we have ipv4 and one is we have ipv6 those route tables in bgp are very much separate so if we enable ipv6 over here ipv4 is still going to be just fine um, even if we have a problem with that preview for whatever reason uh, because we're testing it we maybe inject uh, a bad route or we're not being quite as careful because we don't follow change procedures while we're testing things. Um, so IPv4, your prod section, is still going to be fine. It's over here and it's isolated. I, and that's the way I kind of visualize things a bit, yeah. right? So I just I wanted to kind of pass that one on because um, I think I don't want people to be so uh, apprehensive in testing this one. Um, if you are using IPv6 on-prem and you're facing challenges, you, you, you're using IPv6 already for that reason or others, then uh, you know, don't, be, don't be afraid uh, to yes. look into this and engage your Microsoft rep. Talk to Microsoft support if you're thinking uh, you have specific questions. That's what they're there for. They're there to help us uh, with that stuff, right? Absolutely. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. Absolutely. Now let's move to the next one. And this is our good friend AZ Copy. The version 10.9.0 is in public preview. Um, so this version allows you to import from GCP to Azure Block blobs. So Google cool. Cloud Platform. Now you can use the AZ Copy to just migrate the content from the Google Cloud platform, the GCP, into Azure. So, awesome. And there's a typo in their release too, by the yes. way. I just want to call that one out publicly because I think it was my turn. <laughs> <laughs> so again, if you, if you Microsoft seeing this, um, uh, give us some credit, give us some love. Just put the thumbs up or a comment, say thank you guys. Um, Absolutely. And apparently, the left guy it's more popular than than the right guy. It's what we found last week. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's funny because if there was going to be a typo in a Microsoft article, you'd think it would have been Google, right? Like they would have had an extra e or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, in this case, it was just a regular. Um, typing things up in a hurry because there's so many things to do in Azure. Yeah. Uh, Azure never sleeps, so we have to keep going. But this is really cool because again, here we are with uh, like this really small little update that looks like it's just hiding in the corner. Oh yeah, we have a nice little tiny uh, update for AZ copy again, minor incremental version update. And boom, Google Cloud uh, data migration into Block Blob. Um, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. I, <laughs> I can't wait for GA on this one because that, it's a real thing, right? So people migrate between cloud platforms 
Um, it's oddly regular. Um, it happens a lot. Uh, so it's like people exploring uh, Google Cloud um, for specific reasons or AWS for specific reasons. They also come to Azure for specific reasons, right? Yes. So uh, whatever's right for your business, for your organization, that's where you know that's where you should be. Or if you need a multi-cloud solution, then uh, Google Cloud is actually pretty cool. Um, a lot of uh, like obviously containerization is the the whole entire platform with uh, GCP. Absolutely. But uh, that said, without uh, we're not here to plug GCP. We're here to talk about how cool Azure stuff is. Now we can get that data directly using command line, and that's a good thing too because when we think about um, uh, GCP storage accounts and uh, block blobs. We're really talking about huge amounts of data, absolutely. right? Absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's really important to understand that part. It's it's huge amount of data now. It's it's another way that facilitates that uh, kind of migration and uh, way better usage in this case of this. And and I see good things coming. And it's not only that. Last time, last episode, we mentioned Azure Copy as well on the Azure mm -hmm. Storage. I think it was Azure Storage Explorer um, yep, that yep. we mentioned this, and and we mentioned the version. And now they come this week, like they are almost listened to our our show. Say, oh, let's the guys like it that let's let's put this new update. I think it was more on purpose. Uh, uh, to just for us to just keep talking about Azure Copy, AZ Copy, but that's okay. We still love AZ Copy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I I have to say it was one of my uh, one of my first tools I used to migrate uh, big big chunks of data um, into Azure storage accounts. Absolutely. And uh, I'm going to say that was maybe one or two versions ago now, but. Um, it's, it's actually a really versatile tool, it is. rock solid. Like, I mean, when you're moving terabytes and terabytes and terabytes of data, it can run for weeks when you've throttled it way down low to a trickle weeks and no issues, no hiccups, no problems. Um, I, I love it. Sorry. I, I just, I, it's one of those ones I get excited about. That's really weird. Um, but, uh, it's actually a rock solid migration tool. That's a little bit overlooked by some architects. Yeah. Um, it's simple, it's easy. It's back to command line basics and it just works. Absolutely. Moving to the next one, the general availability of new VM series supported by Azure batch. So I want to start with this. It says that this is, they are adding to Azure batch, the DC. SV2 and the HBV3 and the NCAST 4V3. So all of those VMs are already available for using on Azure, but not on Azure Batch. Azure Batch right. is for, uh, like the name say, to run a lot of those batch process. So now they are incorporating on that bigger VMs, more performance VMs to run those batches, right? And this is about right. this update. It's not talking about, oh, but wait a minute. Uh, those VMs that you mentioned, they already exist on Azure portal. Yes, they exist, but not to be used inside of Azure batch, okay? That's right, yeah. And there is a, there is a link, there's only one link at the bottom of that article or update, I suppose. 
Um, but there's actually a large list, uh, very detailed, that yes. has the supported VM series. Uh, if we were to cover uh, half of them, uh, it would be, um, uh, you know, a while. So uh, there's lots of ones there. Um, yeah. And uh, you can dig dig deep into it if you wish uh, to go and read the details absolutely, on that one. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it's just, they are just adding more sizes, more power in this case to Azure Batch of, of running those VM sizes, okay? Now going to the last but not the least uh, update for this week, we have the public preview of service tags for user-defined routing. Uh, this is a very cool update uh, about the service tags, especially for use-defined uh, routing. And what do you think about this update, uh, Andrew? So uh, it's <laughs> so this is an interesting one, right? So this one's going to bridge a lot of gaps as it comes out into uh, general availability. Yeah. So we've talked already this episode about BGP. We've talked about um, how BGP is separated into route tables. And when we think about how routes propagate, if we uh, push routes into a network that is BGP enabled, and most backbone networks are BGP enabled, uh, it's a very fast means of establishing routes and communications. So without going into uh, the whole uh, TCP IP stack here, um, let's just say that this will help to uh, put in customizations, right? Uh, like uh, n very much like route filtering. Um, and it allows us to add tags into that layer of network communications. So I'm trying to keep this as high level as I can but it's really tough not to deep dive on this one. Yes, I think we <laughs> should. We should. It's a bit of a deep subject. It right? is, yeah. and I think we should step back a little bit uh, and talk about these. What is a service tag? What do you think about it? Yeah, should we go? So, so service tag. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right from the horse's mouth on this one. So I'm <laughs> glad I actually had the article. <laughs> <laughs> a service tag represents a group of IP address prefixes from a given Azure service. Microsoft manages those address prefixes encompassed by the service tag and automatically updates that service tag as addresses change. That is critical to what we're talking yes. about. Uh, so that minimizes the complexity of frequent updates to network security rules. So you can use service tags to define network access controls using NSGs, network security groups, or Azure Firewall. Ah, here we go. Yes. So, uh, right? So now we're talking about um, really the communication, the filtering, how we're routing traffic, and now controlling it using automation. Uh, right? And it's so not only that. And this this is one update for our good friends that they are more related to security, saying that they are only asking, can you give me the IPs so I can open the ports? In this case, you don't need to. Uh, if you use the service tags, in this case, for that routing, everything is going to be automatically updated 
to you. So you don't no longer need to manually update the routes, especially if you're having UDRs, especially if you're having everything, because when they need to be updated, if you use the service tag, automatically is going to be updated for you. And that is the best thing of this update. That's why I went a little bit, put you on the spot and you, <laughs> I know you very well, put you on the spot in this case, because I think it's important, especially for, for you that are listening and not seeing in this case, the podcast on YouTube channel, but you are listening uh, through one of our uh, podcasts uh, channels. Um, that is important to go back to define what is this service tag. Because now probably becomes a little bit more clear what we are talking about. Because it's important. Uh, we didn't save this for last. This is for chrono chronological order. Uh, but it was the last update that we had this week, um, in this case, that we won't talk about. And I think it's, like you mentioned, it's a very important one. It's still in public mm -hmm. preview. Again, take it as a grain of salt, okay? Um, because they are updating this and the way that it, it might work, it might not work. So don't apply this in production, okay? But oh, heck no, please do not. But yeah. this case don't. Um, but so far, for example, and following the, the update, they already have 4,500 prefix that collectively, collect, collectively represents the Azure address space. So it saves a yeah. tons of work. And even when Microsoft update those, you don't need to do anything. That's the beauty of this. This yeah. is really so this cool. Is, this, is, this is one that I always think of. There's a really good example yeah. um, that uh, I, I always share, uh, and that is, uh, using these service tags, uh, one of the one of the tags is um, Azure. Uh, I think it was like Azure Cloud or something like that. So it's like uh, I'm going to get the tag name wrong because I was busy scrolling through everything. But it's like Azure uh, Azure Infrastructure, for example, right? So that includes like their data center IPs and things like that. Um, those really need to update automatically because they cycle through them yes. uh, because of so many, you know, A, public attacks and openness, um, but B, because they're always expanding and extending services, right? So there's new yeah. uh, new load balancer endpoints and all, all those things, right? All the yes. things. So the example that I always think of is when you enable country uh, locks on Teams calls, and your firewall rules are locked down to, let's say, just Canada and the US. Well, what happens if your call ends up being routed to another data center, let's say Brazil? So I remember Brazil from like last week, we had an update for there. So uh, in that case, your rules aren't going to update automatically because uh, <laughs> you're, you're going old school and you're making your poor network security team update everything by hand. Yeah. Uh, in this case, by using the tagging, those rules are automatically associated and you can uh, just allow that information to flow freely when Azure updates uh, everything, it just updates automatically for you. So it's, it's really important because it takes a lot of the pressure off of those manual updates, which have human error and delay. 
because it takes time to do things as a human. And right? it's not not only that. It's 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 like like you mentioned. That is that is a very good example. The other example that I use a lot of those types is, for example, Azure Active Directory, uh, mm-hmm. Advanced Threat Protection. So all of those punching the walls that you need to do it on your on your NSGs, for example, right? So if you have a, a, and the way that I use this a lot is I use this a lot, and this is the beauty of this, is on ARM templates, right? So if you use this on ARM templates, you set this on stone. Those usually service tags, they will not change. What they will change in this case is the, is the updates that they need to do it, right? So for example, if you are having an ARM template to deploy it and you need to have advanced threat protection, probably the IP or the URL is going to be changed, especially now that, for example, the advanced threat protection is changing, is they are rebranding from Azure ATP to Defender, in this case, or Azure Defender, okay? So That's correct. Yeah. a lot of those IPs could be the same. A lot of those names, in this case, DNS names could be different. But if you're using these service tags, okay, and if you put on your ARM template, you have a peace of mind that no matter what, in this case, your uh, every time you're deploying this, even if it's one year ago or three or four years from now, they will be applicable because it will be valid because you are not putting any more those domain names, those DNSs, and even those IPs because, like you mentioned, it could change. All of these services are I available, right? And they could be from region to region depending on the services you're talking about. And you don't want to block that to just lose that connectivity and lose the functionality, right? And that's the part oh, exactly. that that yeah. that is value to just talking about about this update, right? Yeah, and there's some uh, there's a, a couple of links, and if you kind of uh, flow through yeah. and uh, click down a few layers, you can really uh, get down into like some of the Azure routing um, under concepts and stuff like that, and get a really good uh, walkthrough on what this actually means hands-on uh, in the Microsoft KB. Absolutely. Really great information great. in there. And with that, we come to our end of this, of this episode this week. So thank you so much, Andrew, one more time to just being over here. I know that we already mentioned every single episode. This is our highlight. I want to reinforce that to just thank you, uh, Andrew. And thank you in this case for listening because you are the reason that we are doing this. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for all of the wonderful feedback and likes and everything. It really does keep us going. Absolutely. Uh, It motivates us a lot. Okay. Get get your finger on the button. I'm going to do a lead in here. (laughs) So if you really do like it, let us know. Just click on the subscribe button for yeah. us and let us know right down the corner. Exactly. There. And and give it thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, we want your feedback. We want your love or hate. In this case, we prefer love. We are a, a <laughs> lovely people over here. <laughs> I don't want any of the hate. It's such a tough world. It is. There. but uh, if... you, can, you can give us positive or constructive feedback, whatever you need to do. Exactly. Like, uh, that's, that's all good. Let us let know. Let us know. 
Um, we love to hear. Exactly. We love to hear all the messages. So once again, thank you so much for watching and for listening. And I hope I can see you next week. So bye.